time to shine, man. Uh, we are back here with the New Black Wall Street Book Club with our uh, personal development edition. And uh, we are continuing along in our journey into the book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice by Mr. No, Mr. Dennis Kimbrough and Napoleon Hill. And so uh, we will uh, pick this up here and we will keep this thing rolling. So give me just a second, guys. I got to hit this like button, that share button, let people know that we're here. Uh, and then we will go right on along 30 minutes a day to keep broke away. 30 minutes a day to change the way that we think and change our life. 30 minutes is all it takes. All right. So hopefully you're, you're beginning to think, some, think about some things and implement some things and all that good stuff. And so uh, hit me, give me just a second. I'm hit that like button, that share button, let people know that we're here. And I will ask you to do the same as well. Um, that's it. That's it. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, we're going to, we're going to black. No problem. All right, my viewers, man. Good afternoon. While you guys are connecting, go ahead and let us know where you're connecting from. Ella Well Weaver, what's going on? ATL's in the house. What's going on, man? My main man, Mr. Kelvin Roberts. Thanks so much for joining us as well here on the uh, New Black Wall Street Book Club. As you guys are connecting, let us know what city, what state you're connecting from. It's time to get the show on the road. We are continuing along in our journey in the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. That's right, Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. And we are into uh, the section. Uh, we're going to be picking up a new section, Chapter 4, Faith. Faith, the prerequisite for power. Everybody comes on faith. Faith, the prerequisite for power. Well, we want to get right into this thing today, guys. I don't, you don't have a lot of time, neither do I. Let's get this show on the road. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Uh, Mr. DJ, let's see if I can find you. Mr. DJ. Uh-oh. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Hit the music. That's not it. Can't play that one. Let me see if I can find the other one. <laughs> there we go. New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street Book Club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Wanna put your money down now? How to watch your assets? Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. We all just come together. There's no limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Hi, right, my beautiful people, man. Thanks so much for joining us again here today on New Black Wall Street Book Club. We're continuing along in our journey into the uh, Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough and uh, Napoleon Hill. And this is a, a guide to success for black Americans. Black Enterprise says that this is a book that should be required reading for all African-Americans truly committed to the pursuit of happiness and fulfillment. Committed to the pursuit of happiness and fulfillment. Of course, you can join us at our club or be a part of our club by simply going to theblackbillionairesclub.com, theblackbillionairesclub.com, and uh, clicking join the club. So we want to invite you to trek along with us in personal development, business development, uh, financial literacy, and also investment education, and more uh, more benefits to come. Today's episode is sponsored by ERGJ Black Bazaar, ERGJ Black Bazaar. Check them out as well. 
at www.ergjblackbazaar.com, www.ergjblackbazaar.com. They do have some wonderful um, Afrocentric uh, uh, journals for you to pick up. This is a cloth-bound journal. It's the It's the Sister Thing journal. Uh, so we'd love for you to check that out, pick you up a journal as well. Uh, you can do that. This one is only $20. It's got scriptures in it. It's got about 160 pages and also a bookmark. Uh, so you can pick up your journals today. Go to www.ergjblackbazaar.com. Also, if you're an author and you've written a book that you think will go well with what we do here, we'd like to review your book and see if we can add it to our rotation. Make sure you inbox us and let us know about your book, and we'll see if it's something that fits with what we're doing. And if you're a business that provides a product or service and you want to sponsor this show, you want us to help you sell more stuff, bring more exposure through our network, make sure you inbox us as well. And uh, we'll discuss sponsorship opportunities for you, and we can work together and grow together. All right, so we're getting into this thing called faith. Everybody putting out so faith. We're getting right along into our next chapter, chapter four of Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. We're getting into the chapter uh, titled Faith, the Prerequisite for Power. Faith, the Prerequisite for Power. And our first um, uh, quote is, the wise man must be wise before, not after the event. The wise man must be wise before, not after the event. That's from Epicarmus. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And Peter Pan said this, but first you must believe. But first you must believe. So let's look at our intro here. Uh, he goes on to write, is there a force, a, a power, a science, call it what you will, which few people understand and even fewer use to overcome difficulties and achieve outstanding success? Is there some power? I firmly believe there is, and this lesson will explain it. So you may use it for the attainment of your chief aim. Great men and women have never found the easy road to triumph. It is always the same old route by way of hard work and plenty of applied faith. Let me tell you of the power of applied faith. Let me tell you of the power of applied faith. At one time in his life, 18 cents and two cans of sardines were the only thing that stood between him and starvation. He moved from one cheap Greenwich Village apartment to another simply because he couldn't pay the rent. 20 years of his life had already been spent in the military. While serving as a cook in the Coast Guard, he used nights and free time to write letters for fellow enlistees to their wives and girlfriends back home. Men who were either illiterate or found it too difficult to express themselves, at least on paper, became routine customers. It was during this time that he too fell in love with writing. He didn't know it then, but his literary talents would eventually carry him to fame and fortune. But his success was anything but instant. Like so many in his life, writing did not come easy. Creativity and composition were brutally difficult barriers. Creativity and competition were brutally difficult barriers. He labored seven nights a week for eight years before he sold his first article. He retired from the, post from the Coast Guard. He dedicated himself full-time to his writing. Though his income was paltry and erratic, his bills never failed to arrive on time. He was offered several nine-to-five jobs but refused them all. Why? Because I'm a writer, he said. I've got to keep writing. Now, let me ask you this. Have you discovered who you are? And if so, just like he said, I've got to keep writing, you've got to keep doing that which it is that you know that you should be doing. What is that for you? 
What is it that you should keep doing? Even when you're not getting paid for your work. He turned down jobs because he knew that he was a writer. Determined to scratch out a living in the literary field, he came up with an idea. Uh-oh. <laughs> because he was determined, the good Lord blessed him with an idea. A book which, was, which, as, which as originally planned would take no more than three years to write. Actually, the project took 12 years, leaving him on the brink of bankruptcy, both financially and spiritually. For these 12 years, he spent every walking moment either writing or researching. He devoted more than 6,500 hours and 57 libraries on what seemed to be an endless search. His airfares alone, commuting between the United States and London and the West Coast of Africa, totaled more than $30,000. Nine years after starting this complicated task, he found himself $100,000 in debt, depressed, and contemplating suicide. While preparing an editorial assignment on a private yacht of a friend, he figured the only solution to his problems was to, for, for him to simply throw himself overboard and end it all. But something stopped him. Something stopped him. At his lowest point of despair, after hundreds of setbacks that penetrated the depths of his soul, while constantly surrounded and harassed by unsympathetic family and friends, he met his greatest source of power, applied faith. Recognizing, perhaps, for the first time in my life, he said, the amazing power of an enduring faith, I carefully surveyed my bleak circumstances to determine just how much of this form of riches I possess. The assessment was both revealing and gratifying. In his own words, these are the thoughts of a man who discovered how to condition his mind for the expression of faith. Something rose up within, great, within greater than himself. Believing his book would be in an, of enormous value, he dismissed all notions of ending his life. Roots. The book made Alex Haley a millionaire. Everybody put in the comments below Roots. Roots. The book that made Alex Haley a millionaire. Trace the story of the author's family began in, in Africa in 1750 and ended 117 years later in Henny, Tennessee. This monumental 885-page bestseller had the largest printing for a hardcover book in U.S. publishing history since 1977. For his faith, Haley has been honored by, by more than 400 different countries, institutions, and organizations. For his faith, Haley has become one of the most celebrated writers ever, winning a Pulitzer Prize prize in the process for his faith roots the television series broke all viewing records and seized nine emmys becoming the highest rated television show ever this brother was devoted this brother was on the brink of bankruptcy and he became a millionaire through his faith what was Alex Haley's response to his newfound success? He declared the only way to succeed is through hard, hard work and plenty of faith. The person who succeeds in life is, is one who is convinced that faith is necessary to make contact with infinite intelligence, the source of all power. Believing is, believing is the beginning of faith. 
When the force of faith is unleashed, power becomes unlimited and possibilities are without end. The magnificent power of faith is yours to control through your own undeniable, inalienable privilege of thought. Faith is a state of mind that has been labeled by Napoleon Hill as the main, mainspring of the soul, through which your aims, your desires, and goals may be translated into their physical equivalent. Faith. When you truly believe. Uh-oh. When you truly believe and then comprehend this attribute, putting it into action, you may then control or at least be able to adjust to every setback or negative experience in your life. Faith is a means by which you can put yourself in a frame of mind to tune in and draw upon the power that controls the entire universe. I have related Alex Haley's story to emphasize the manner in which one may clear his mind. Everybody put it down so clear my mind. You may clear your mind, even in the midst of chaos and insurmountable difficulties, and prepare for the expression of faith. Stated in his own words, you have the story of a man who discovered how to condition his mind for this expression. And what a dramatic story it is. Dramatic because of its simplicity. What's going on, Miss Walker? How are you, Miss Lilla? Faith is the prerequisite to the positive power. It gives perspective, accurate analysis, and the ability to forge ahead. For the individual seeking to develop a powerful, persuasive personality, there is no substitute for honest self-evaluation and faith. There's no, listen, there's no substitute for honest self-evaluation. Now, we can talk about faith, but we really need to also hit on this honest self-evaluation, which most of us simply won't do. To really be honest with ourselves about where we are, who we are, what we've been through, to be honest. I mean, I'm telling you, I spent a lot of years lying to myself. Right? I've spent a lot of years with the wrong perspective, lying to myself and not making no progress. But when I got honest with myself, I began to be able to develop those areas that needed some development in my life. Be honest with yourself. Uh, so there's no substitute. Everybody put it on so no substitute. There's no substitute for honest self-evaluation and let me dismiss that. There's no substitute for honest self-evaluation and faith. Think of someone you know who always seems to be convinced that he or she will succeed. That person is one who understands faith and knows the power that it transmits. Seemingly, nothing can destroy the determination of a person who thinks, believes, and possesses a faith strong enough to move mountains. Every man or woman must have faith to achieve. No one can aspire without it. The creator has not likened us to his image with aspirations and longings for heights to which we cannot climb. Have faith. Life should be lived in earnest. It is no idle game, no farce to amuse and be forgotten. You cannot have too much of that yearning one cause aspiration without an ample supply of applied faith. Have faith in yourself and have faith in the creator. As a rational person knows, there has to be a plan and a power controlling the universe. 
You must realize that you, the individual, are a minute expression of infinite intelligence. And as such, there's no limitations except those accepted in your own mind. Everybody put the guns on no limit. There are no limitations except those accepted in your own mind. As a carpenter from the plains of Galilee said, according to your faith, so it so be it unto you. When you find things in your life that you feel need changing, summon this principle. By increasing your level of faith, you will gain new strength and a new belief in yourself. Set it in motion, the words of Booker T. Washington, the Wizard of Tuskegee, who urged black Americans to start where you are with what you have. Knowing that what you have is plenty enough. Start where you are with what you have, knowing that what you have is plenty enough. If you believe that you can take the first step, the very that very thought resonating within your being will give you the power to take the next, and so on. Fortunate is the man or woman who has had the gentle guidance of parents, guardians, or mentors who are still in him or her in the early formative years, the principle of faith. The following example points up, points up the influence of such training. Faith. Man, start where you are with what you have, knowing that what you have is plenty enough. So belief, the stepping stone to faith. Remember, he said that belief is the first step. We'll read this, and then we'll skedaddle out of here. When she was five years old, Bonnie's right leg was amputated just above the knee, a blunt and painful remedy for a birth defect that had stunted the growth of her leg. When doctors in Los Angeles Hospital performed the surgery, her right leg reached only the knee of the left. The amputation was only the first in a series of surgical procedures that would be performed over a six-month period. For reasons that remain a medical mystery, Bonnie St. John's right leg was missing, a growth center at birth, resulting in a shortened femur. Until the surgery, she had spent her childhood wearing a bulky leg brace and orthopedic shoes. It was hoped that a prosthesis would free her from any limitations. Everyone knew Bonnie would not walk, not run, or play like normal children. Everyone that is, except her mother. I just chose to ignore her handicap, insisted Ruby St. John. I didn't focus on it. Rather, I asked our doctor just how much Bonnie could do with one leg. His reply was as much as she believes that she can do. And I want to say that to you today, that you can do as much as you believe that you can do. As Jesus said, the, the, the carpenter from Galilee, according to your faith, so be it unto you. If it says us, we need to elevate our faith, take our faith a little higher, take our belief a little higher. So I told my husband that that's what we're going to do. We're going to let Bonnie decide what her limits are. Man, man, what if every parent did this for their children? They let their children decide what their limits are instead of telling them what they can't, what they can't do and, and, and encouraging them to do what they can do. And in that way, they know there really are no limits. There really are no limits. Breaking through the mental barriers provide, uh, proved to be a formidable obstacle for the young girl. For nearly a decade after the amputation, Bonnie shut herself away, refusing to venture any further than her bedroom door. Only on occasion did she peer through her window at the children playing outside, the same children who in the past teased her and poked fun at her and called her a wooden leg. 
Beliefs and limits can sometimes become roadblocks. Many people think of themselves in terms of what they can't do rather than what they can do. Bonnie knew what she couldn't do. She faced it every morning when she strapped on her prosthesis, but in her mind, she was looking for something she could do. When a friend took her on a ski trip, she found her niche. Bonnie was 15 when she first stood on skis. It was an experience to remember. It was a disaster, she recalled. I was numb with cold and kept falling down. But the sport added a new dimension to her life. She became aware of the relationship between mind and body and the power of the belief system. After all, skiing with two legs requires some skill, but skiing with one leg? That requires some faith. With practice and the pluck of the slopes, she became more self-confident as well as proficient. In the summer of 1981, Bonnie left home to study at Cornell University in upstate New York. It was there that she decided to try out for the United States Handicap Olympic ski team. Such a goal might be dismissed and as, as a misguided dreaming for someone who had skied for only two years, not to mention an amputee, but a steadfast determination. An iron will convinced Bonnie that her goal was possible. Everybody put it down so it's possible. It's possible. Soon she enrolled in the Burke Mountain Academy, a ski school that gave in-depth instruction to select to a select group of Olympic hopefuls. Bonnie was the first handicapped racer to ever be considered by the school. For the next six months, Bonnie had a thousand reasons to quit. How many guys know you? How many guys got a thousand reasons to quit? I mean, every day can be a fight. I mean, I got plenty of reasons to stop doing what I'm doing. I got plenty of reasons to quit right now. But guess what? I ain't gonna quit. <laughs> I'm gonna keep pushing. So she had a thousand reasons to quit. For starters, she began her training by falling off a skateboard and breaking her left leg, leaving her totally incapacitated. Once recovered, she hiked and cycled every hill, participated in all drills, and competed in non-handicapped events. She even raised money by working part-time as a waitress to finance her tuition. By the time Bonnie left Burke Academy, she was one of its best skiers in April 18, 1983. Bonnie's dream became a reality. She was named to the United States Handicap Olympic Ski Team. In January, she competed at the 1984 Winter Games in Innsbruck, Austria, capturing a silver and two bronze medals. Bonnie's belief system has spilled over to other areas of her life. A Cornell and Harvard graduate with a 4.0 grade point average, she was rewarded with a Rhodes Scholarship. Today, she is nearing the completion of a PhD in economics at Oxford University. Bonnie St. John is a perfect example that anything within the realm of human understanding is possible for the believer. Now, what do you believe? I made myself familiar with the lives of outstanding black men and women. I've met and interviewed many high achievers, and I have often wondered just what it took them to what it took, what it was that took them over the top. I've seen coaches that apparently inferior teams and infused them with that something, a force that drove them to victory. I've seen average individuals in the depths of despair and anguish doing abrupt about face, reaching heights unknown. Apparently, I was born with an insatiable curiosity for I have always had a yearning to seek explanations and answers. My inquisitiveness has brought me face to face with many peak performers, led me to many peculiar cases, and has directed me to read every book I could muster on the subject of achievement, psychology, and metaphysics. Gradually, I discovered that there is a golden thread 
There's a golden thread that runs through these teachings and makes them work for those who sincerely accept and apply them. This thread can be named in a single word, belief. Belief. Belief is the same element or factor that causes people to be cured through mental healing. It's the same factor that enables others to climb the ladder of success. It's the same factor that produces phenomenal results for all who accept it. Why belief is a miracle worker is something that cannot be satisfactorily explained, but have no doubt about it. There's genuine magic in believing. There's genuine magic in believing. I've counseled individuals who've said, there's a position I desire very much, but I could never fill it. Initially, I often agreed with them that they could never acquire a certain position as they are now, but it is totally self-defeating to believe that they must remain that way. No one is unchangeable. One must believe in his power of accomplishment. This is not so much faith in yourself as faith in your potential. Do you have faith in your potential? Without it, many of your goals and desires will remain beyond your reach. Success-oriented individuals enjoy continued success because they expect or anticipate success in advance. But the majority, plagued by long strings of repeated failures, are unabashedly accustomed to failure and accept no more out of life. The aphorism, as a man think of in his heart, so is he, not only embraces the whole of man's being, but reaches out to every condition and every circumstance of his life. You've learned by now that a man or woman is what he or she thinks. His or her character becomes a total of all his thoughts. Now take this concept one step further and condition your mind. Everybody put it on so condition. Condition your mind. As the master stated, if thoughts can't believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. The one way to separate yourself from the mass of humanity and climb out of the complacency is to hitch your wagon to the star of some strong purpose or chief aim and believe. Here's a basic faith statement. To do something, anything, you must first believe it can be done. Uh, believing something can be done triggers the mind into motion to do just that. Find a way to do that which you desire. Mind you, things do not occur because of special magical powers, but because people believe so intensely that they become affected by words and actions. In plain terms, your life is what you believe. My life is what I believe. In plain terms, your life is what you believe. My life is what I believe. If, for example, you believe in scarcity, you think about it regularly and make it the focus of your conversations, I'm sure you will see your fair share of poverty in your life. On the other hand, if you believe in happiness and abundance, think of these attributes and act, on your, and act on your belief in them, there's a good chance that you will manifest wealth, supply, and opportunity. Modern philosophy asserts that if you have confidence in your abilities, believing in yourself, you can accomplish those things that might have been inadvertently labeled impossible. Belief is a prerequisite. That improvement is possible in spite of our outward appearances. Believe in yourself. Have faith in your abilities. With a sound self-confidence, you can and will reach your 
go. Belief is the prerequisite. So this is the first sex, first two sections that we're going through here in Think and Grow Rich a Black Choice by Mr. Uh, Mr. Dennis Kimbrough on Napoleon Hill. Faith is the prerequisite for power. And what we just read, guys, we read two stories. One story by Mr. Alex Haley from Roots. And another story about an amputee by the name of Miss Bonnie St. John and their stories using the power of applied faith into their life. My question to you is, what is it that you believe? And along those who said, you don't necessarily have to have faith in yourself, but sometimes it's just having faith in your potential, having faith in what could be, having faith in the possibilities or the possibilities that are that are that are available unto you. What is it that you? believe well this is new black wall street book club and uh, we come together to continue to uh you know develop personally and i want to tell you we got business development personal development i told them this last night i said you know, i found too many entrepreneurs who uh, are trying to run a business but they haven't fixed themselves yet and they're carrying their personal issues into their business and now their business is having issues this is why we focus on personal development business development you have an opportunity to join us at the Black Business Club and be a part of not only the book club, but the other things that we're doing to improve and do it together. You'll hear me say this all the time, that if you could do it by yourself, it would already be done. If you get out of debt by yourself, you would already be out of debt. If you start the business by yourself, you would already start the business. I'm telling you, and, and, and once you realize that you need a team in 2019, you're gonna, you, you need people that's going to hold you accountable to your greatness. At that point, that's when I'll see that you'll join the Black Billionaires Club. Simply go to theblackbillionairesclub.com and click join the club if you want to be a part of what we're doing to help brothers and sisters help themselves. Not only that, guys, today's episode was brought to you by ERGJ Black Bazaar. Again, uh, what do successful people do? Number one, they read. This is why we are going to make personal development a staple of what we do. 2019 moving on every successful person i come across and uh, that has had some success the one number one thing that they say they do is read quality books that's just what we're going to do we're going to do what the successful people do so that we can have success in our lives as well we're just going to mimic the habits of the wealthy another thing that they do they also write down their goals and so you do have an opportunity to pick up a journal at ergj black bazaar we do have journals available uh, wire bound and also cloth bound so you can pick you up a journal so you can get all that stuff out of your head get it on paper and then you can see it through well guys hopefully you had a wonderful time as we continue to go through think and grow rich a black choice i'd like to know what your takeaway was hopefully something stuck with you today uh but we'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m to continue along in our chapter four which is faith get the book follow on with us and i hope that you would join the club so we can uh, get connect with you and have our personal development mastermind sessions, which we do on Tuesday evening. Until tomorrow, guys, I want you to remember this, that it takes a village, and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people, but guess what? That's enough. Man, I hope that pray to God he preserve each and every one of you. Until tomorrow, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ, hit the music. New. New, it's the new Black Wall Street Book Club. Street. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now, you ain't got to leave a computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new Black Wall Street. 
book club. Book club. Yeah. Black Wall Street. The new Black Wall Street. Book club.